It feels like we're all involved in an infinite scroll, whether on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Pinterest, on TikTok, or wherever you are consuming information. There's so much to consume. And if you're a thought leader, an author, an entrepreneur, a coach, you also know that it's a way to reach your ideal audiences. So maybe you do what everyone else does. You look and see what are people doing to your left and right and try to come up with content that works for you. And in the end, we all end up kind of sounding the same that way. Or maybe you struggle because you think I'm supposed to be doing Facebook Live videos, but I really hate doing it and I don't show up well. Or maybe you think you're supposed to write long form content, long form blogs, but the idea of sitting down and writing a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, five thousand words feels so daunting, so you just never do it. And it keeps you from reaching the people who really need to hear from you. It keeps you from shining in the spotlight. Well, we've got an answer for you. In this episode of the Mic Drop Moment, I am joined by Chloe DeVita, who is my collaborator over at the Spotlight Academy. And we're going to talk about how the six different types of speaking styles that we've created with our quiz, how those different styles create content differently. So regardless of whether you're someone who wants to do video, wants to do infographics, we're going to talk about why that might be and how you can shine in the spotlight using content and delivering it in a way that works best for you. So let's dive in to this episode where we are action packing it with tons of value for you. So you have a story to tell, and you wonder how to own the stage and give that killer speech that will captivate the masses. You don't just want to speak to them. You want to transform your audience. Welcome to the Mic Drop Moment. Bold conversations about public speaking, storytelling, and business that give you real-world valuable takeaways so you can craft a speech, a story, a business, and a life that the world can't stop talking about. It's time to find your mic drop moment. Here is your host, Mike Ganino. So many people feel that they need to have all these filters on, or just because of the course of living a life, we've had all of this filtering of who we really are. And when you think about it, when you think about the folks who are in the spotlight, whether on TV or authors or communicators or live streams like this that sometimes work and sometimes (laughs) don't, uh, the people on stage in TEDx Mm -hmm. talks and giving keynotes, the thing that is always interesting about them is the thing that's most them. Yeah, their Mm -hmm. ideas are great and having them have some smart thing to share is really helpful. But at the end of the day, we love Malcolm Gladwell because he's Malcolm and Seth Godin because he's Seth and Brene Brown for all her Brene Browniness. Like that's what we are into. And so when we get on stage, if we have all of these filters up, if we have all of these things in between us, our audience and our content, then there's no chance that we're going to rise to that level. We love when people show up as themselves. And so that's what we work on here at the Spotlight Academy with people. We're going to do that today. Yes, we are. Hmm. And I think it's important to note that one of the reasons we connect with them, the Brene's, the Seth's, the Malcolm's, is because of their perspective, right? They're not actually saying anything that new. They're just putting their own layer on it to give their perspective because they're operating from such a true place. And so that's what we connect with. Like ideas are a dime a dozen. We all have them. We all say a lot of the same things. It's just the way in which we say them that makes the difference. And playing from our true self helps us know, helps our audience know whether they are truly connected with us. So that's what we're gonna talk about here is based on who you are, based on your style, 
what are ways that you can create content? Where should you be creating the content? And how do you make sure you're always playing from your true self? Yeah, the the ability to create a brand because of who you are. It's not about your, we were talking about this yesterday. It's not about mm -hmm. just the, the fonts and the colors. That's part of your style, which is for mm -hmm. sure part of your brand in the end. But that's style. Your brand, when it really is resonant, when it really can stand, it's about you having a specific point of view and you having these really elegant, thoughtful ideas to get out into the world. And it's only when those combine your style, your point of view, and your unique idea, your unique little patch of grass, if you will, that's when you create a brand that people love and resonate. And you could test that against all of the people we mentioned, Brene Brown, Seth Godin, Malcolm Gladwell, Oprah Winfrey. Mm -hmm. We could keep going and all of them have a unique style that is, that is them, that matches them. They have a point of view, a perspective about the world that you can you can bank on it after you know someone a while. You can bet on how Oprah Winfrey might respond to something because we understand her specific point of view, her specific perspective. And then also the idea, that's the third part. And so that's what we really work with people here on in the Spotlight Academy and through the different things we do. And if you're curious about your speaking style about how you show up in the world, then head on over to thespotlightacademy.com slash quiz, thespotlightacademy.com slash quiz, and you'll find out which one of the six speaking styles you are. And speaking for us is not just about getting on stage and speaking, it's mm -hmm. about having something to say in the world. And today we're focusing specifically on content. There's a lot of content out there, uh -huh. and there's a lot of copycat content out there, meaning not that anyone is plagiarizing and stealing other people's ideas, but there is just, you know, we see other people jump on it and we jump on it too. So we've seen all of the possible how to do a Zoom video. And in fact, if you want to learn, you could Google it and there's so much content. We've had all of the content on working from home right now. Mm -hmm. There's so much content about how to have a personal brand, how to do great copywriting. All of those things exist. And it's when you understand your unique style and develop your point of view, that's when you stand out in the crowd. So we thought today, based on the six unique speaking styles that we created, mm -hmm. that we would go through and give some ideas for how you might content right now based on your style. And the six styles, really quick, are the persuasive entertainer, mm -hmm. the Mike. maverick, <laughs> the innovative visionary, Mm -hmm. the convincing educator, the creative curator, and the inspiring advisor, which is like Claude DeVita here. <laughs> and that's based on all of his research we've done and a mix of this matrix we created, which is about what is your motive when you're messaging? Are you there to entertain? Are you there to teach? Are you there to drive mm -hmm. people to action, to get them to see a future world? What's your motive? The other part is what structure, how structured is your message, is your talk, is your content, is your idea in front of others? How much do you leverage story? And then how much do you leverage images when you're using it? And so each of those six styles has a unique matrix of those four. So let's dive in Clo DeVita. You want to tackle the first one? Sure. Let's start with uh, the inspiring advisor, because that's me. And so I get you. And one of the things that's really important in this particular style of being inspiring um, and being an advisor is really listening. And so the aspect of Instagram stories can be very helpful because it's a way to connect. It's a way for you to share in short little snippets, um, really taking the time to ask the questions because 
Inspiring advisors are super curious in what our audiences are thinking and feeling and believing. And we kind of play off of that and we respond to that. So use this time, whether it's Instagram story, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Facebook, to be asking questions of your audience to start really gathering that information because that information is what will drive you. And then you can use Instagram stories to share your responses and get people inspired to see what they what the world might look like if if you can bring all the pieces together. Um, use Facebook to share some stories and some content that help people kind of be guided through how to really process because that's a big part of where we play from is this idea that we want to help people process. We want to hear where they're at and we want to help them get them to the next place. And so asking those questions and thinking about Instagram stories, short form content, Twitter, ask questions, Facebook, tell a story, um, guide your audience to that place. I think uh, for me, what constantly comes up is just that idea of who is my audience? How can I get from them the information that I need so that I can figure out exactly where they're at and lift them up from there. And so that's just such a big, when you're, when you're sitting there and you're not sure what to say, maybe it isn't about saying anything, but it's about asking the right questions so that you get the fuel to say the thing. And that's, I think, where a lot of inspiring advisors play from. And I love the idea for inspiring advisors. Some of the like tech things they could do is in Instagram stories, they can specifically pose the question. Yeah. So they yeah. can pose the question there and say, how are you all feeling about this? Or what's going on here? Or mm -hmm. what's the latest thing you're up to here? And then get those answers and then respond to them or think through them. Yep. And in the same way, they, they could use Twitter to do like a like a chat, like a, like a Q and A chat thing where they pose questions mm -hmm. to their audience. You create yep. a specific hashtag for your audience. And so we might do hashtag uh, the Spotlight Academy, and then mm -hmm. we do a Q&A where we ask a question, yep. we number them, question one, question two, question three, and then people respond to them. And so we start to learn and see what's up, and then we yeah. can produce other content, or maybe we don't need any content. That's the content. That's what we do mm -hmm. with people, put it out there as inspiring advisors, right? Yes, exactly. And you use, like you said, use all the tools that are there for you, because Twitter has a polling option. So um, Instagram, like you said, you can do ask questions, you can do polls, you can do, uh, I've seen, I've, I've done this um, in mine, in my stories sometimes where you can like have a scale, right? And you use that sliding tool on it with like a finger pointing to have people grade themselves. Where are you? How are you feeling? You know, collect the information, use the tools that are there because there's a lot of them that, that are useful right now. And I do think that is content. That's a lot of content. That's a lot of content. And one of the things that's really valuable, I think right now is when everyone is so remote, one of the tools we can use is is frequency. Not meaning mm -hmm. that we need to um, show up all of the time just to be there all the time, but if we show up in small bursts in people's life, that mimics more closely what would happen in the office, by the way. In the right. office, I would never go and, and go over to closed desk and sit for you know an hour and talk to her about something unless we were in a meeting where we were yeah. all contributing. But I would see her in the kitchen, I would see her in a hallway, I'd go pop over and ask a question. So it's one of those ways for an inspiring advisor to kind of be in and out mm -hmm. of someone's life in a helpful way, not just shouting and screaming like everyone else is right now, but in a helpful mm -hmm. little like, oh, this is something I haven't thought about way. It's exactly mm -hmm. what inspiring advisors love to do yep. is really connect to <laughs> people. Yes, yes, yeah. All right, so let's talk about, let's talk about the other um, the other I in our group was the innovative visionary. So mm -hmm. in our in our matrix, the innovative visionary, these are the ones who 
really, really love to get the world to see what they think is possible. They, mm -hmm. when they speak, when they share content, when they get in front of others, they really want the world to see what they see. And sometimes they get frustrated when the world doesn't get it. When it's like, don't you understand? Like, this is what's possible. These are the Elon Musks of the world um, who, who aren't natural in front of others on camera or on stage, but they really see something big out there and they're doing everything they can to drive us towards this future vision. They're not super concerned with whether we take action today or not. They just want us all aligned that we're headed in some specific direction. And so with those folks, one of the things that they love is they love a Q&A. So how would you have them do Q&A in this world right now, Chloe? Well, and I think they, similar to inspiring advisors, I think the innovative visionary plays from what is going on. Like, where are these people at? And how can I get them to where I am? Um, the difference being, somebody like me, I'm looking to guide them to that place. And I actually want to see them moving. I want to say, okay, we started here and now you're here. And innovative, an innovative visionary is going to come at it a little differently where they're going to be like, okay, where are you at? Because this is the world I want you to see. And so I'm going to paint this picture until you can see it. And they're less concerned about exactly how they went from the spot they started to that end spot. They just are like, see it. And once you see it, I feel like I've done my job. And so for them, really taking the time to ask questions, but in a little bit of a different way, because they're gonna come at it with this, imagine if kind of world, you know, imagine if you could see it like this, what if we thought this way? And so their questions are gonna be a little bit more towards the audience to get them to answer and think outside of the box versus me who would be asking where they're at so I can pull them up. So it's just a different take on it. So I think a lot of the same techniques still apply. You could still do things like using Instagram stories and all the tools that are in there. You're just gonna ask different questions. You can still use Twitter and Twitter chats and a hashtag. You're just gonna ask different questions. And I think in something like getting into Facebook, you're gonna ask different questions. I think innovative visionaries will probably do well by writing like blog posts that share the way they see the world you know, as it could be. So that there's something for, as in their question asking, to link people back to. It's like, this is what I'm talking about. They need that longer form so that people can see that vision. So whether that's a longer form blog post or a longer form uh, video, either one of those could work. Um, I think they tend to be a little bit better in written form. It's easier for them to, to write it out than it is to get on and just try to say it because they're responsive. Um, but I think that, that that's sort of a piece, a content piece that's needed right now. So in their short form, people can read the long form and really see that vision. And another fun thing they could do as like a little tech tip here is in Instagram stories, instead of saying, um, answer my questions as a, as a question um, mm -hmm. app in the Instagram story part, instead of saying, answer my questions like an inspiring advisor would, what they could say is, what questions do you have about X, Y, and Z? Mm -hmm. And people would submit those questions and they could answer them. Because again, the innovative visionary does really, really well when they're asked questions, when they can respond because they, they're responsive. They know exactly what they see. Yep. And so when someone asks them, they say, oh yeah, I know what that looks like. But when mm -hmm. they just create the message from nothing, they struggle with, oh, yeah. am I getting it right? Am I, am I, what do I need to say here? But when they're asked, they can clearly describe what they see ahead. So that yep. would be a really effective little uh, Instagram story tip for them as mm -hmm. well. Yeah, respond. They need to be in a place of responding. And I think that that helps them. Nice, nice, okay. So it's yeah. end visionary. Let's talk about the convincing educator. Mm. So in the matrix version of this mm -hmm. speaking style quiz, the convincing educator is someone who is 
pretty high on motive because they're here to mm -hmm. teach you something. You are going to learn the steps. You're going to learn the process. They are pretty high on structure. They love mm -hmm. curriculum. They're an educator. They love curriculum. They love module one, module two. Here's where we're going. Uh, a little less strong in the story usage and not always really thoughtful about the, the images and things like that. They would stand mm -hmm. in front of the room and say, we're going to go through these um, yep. points. I'm going to teach you this. So what ideas do you have for convincing educators, Chloe? I think one of the things that'd be really helpful is to look at the questions you've already been asked. Notice how everyone has questions, but as a, as a convincing educator, you're a teacher, so you're teaching a lot. So people ask you questions all the time. So think about those questions and use this time to say, huh, maybe there's a tutorial or a how-to that I can make that will make that answering that question easier. And now you can start teaching still in this time but about things you know are relevant to your audience in this moment, because they've been asking, how do I do this? And how do I do that? Um, but it's really that how-to aspect. So tutorials, I think, are great. Uh, mm -hmm. We talked before this, and even like checklists. Like, okay, so if you're trying to teach somebody how to do something, and there's just like, here's the four things you got to have, then create that checklist for them so that they've got that starting point. And I think all of those kind of smaller uh, pieces of content that will be educational for the audience are going to come really easy to the convincing educator because they'll be like, oh, I'm going to teach you how to do X in these steps. So whether it's a tutorial, it's a checklist, it's a blog post that details the steps out. It's really that how to aspect that kind of content works well for convincing educators. And it's really fun. You could even do that in, uh, let's say that you are using Instagram, then you could mm -hmm. do that in uh, a series of images. So the first yep. image in your in your grid could be a beautiful image, either even like a, a title slide of like five ways to do this. And then they scroll mm -hmm. and the next image is part one. The next one is part two. The next mm -hmm. one is part three. I actually did that um, yesterday. I'm not a convincing educator, but I did that yesterday in my Instagram stories to promote a recent podcast episode where mm -hmm. I had given four or five tips for the uh, for tiny projects people could do. Mm -hmm. And each slide was another tiny project they could try. So over the course of it, I wasn't really teaching how to do them, but I was giving them ideas mm -hmm. over it. So a convincing educator could do a really good grid post where the first image is a title of what they're going to learn, maybe with a beautiful, mm -hmm. beautiful image underneath of it. And then as they scroll, it teaches them lesson by lesson. And then the caption is more of the full tutorial. And you could even do that in chunks of comments. So you could say... Yeah in the first caption that you post, hey, today we're gonna do this, it's really important for this reason. And then caption one, or comment one, step one, do this, comment two, step two, do this. So you could teach in that format as well. You don't have to just be putting mm -hmm. lots of beautiful photos of you on the beach or something. You can be teaching <laughs> to your audience who wants to hear from you and be a convincing educator, yes. even in that format. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, that's a good, um, a good tip for them. Pro tip, pro tip, okay. Pro tip. So, Speaking of people who do a really good job designing things, mm -hmm. let's talk about the creative curators. So in our yes. meetings, the creative curators, these are the ones who design beautiful, beautiful presentations. They spend a lot of time researching. They want to make sure everything is really sound. Mm -hmm. They really know where everything came from. They love to find what's the research. Is there any opposing research? How can I make sure that my message is right and that it's sound in front of others? And then how do I design it so it is a beautiful experience? And so for creative curators, there's a lot of opportunity right now, isn't there? Yes, absolutely, because they are they create beautiful experiences. So now that experience is online, so you just have to take that mindset and say, how do I create an amazing experience for my audience 
online. And so one of the things think, think for this group is yeah. doing infographics. If you design, and this is really popular on all forms of social, whether LinkedIn, whether Pinterest, whether Facebook, whether um, whether Twitter, whether uh, Instagram, people really love infographics. And creative mm -hmm. curators are experts at putting information together in a beautiful way. So I think infographics would be a really cool idea. Infographics, flowcharts, it's very kind of similar thing, but it's that taking you through this process and thinking about how you might be thinking, meaning your audience. Um, right now there's a couple of... Uh, very funny ones, like about why <laughs> staying home. <laughs> Should you stay home? Yes, no, and it can't, you know, leads you all the back, all the, always back to staying home. But it's an opportunity right now to use that thought process and create something a little more educational with it. Yeah, and if if uh, if a creative curator was going to do a Facebook Live or something, they might rely more heavily on having slides and images involved. Mm -hmm. So they might yeah. load their presentation like this, ready to, to screen share and show things and teach things and highlight where they had their research from. So they might bring more of that in versus mm -hmm. uh, for me, uh, as a persuasive entertainer, I just want to be here chatting. And if I was yep. to design something, it would take me too long and I'd never show up. <laughs> yes, that I can vouch for. Yes. One <laughs> just keep that, tweaking it. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I think is interesting too, and um, our friend Joanna Galvao did this really beautifully for her company. She has a company called Gift Design Studio, and they have a website at um, wedesignbrandidentities.com. She was a guest on the Mic Drop Moment recently, and one of the things they did to launch wedesignbrandidentities.com was a beautiful carousel type presentation in LinkedIn. I think they use it on Facebook and on, and on Instagram as well. But basically it was the first slide or the first image was a question. Uh, can you tell the difference between these things? And then you would slide through and it would show you version A, version B, mm -hmm. version A, version B, and it was shampoo, coffee. And basically what they were proving by the end was, hey, design really does matter because it was the same logo and the same product. You just thought the ones that were packaged differently uh, were more expensive. And so it was a great way to say, wow, brand identities matter. And there was no person in it. There was no image of a human in it. There was no video in it. It was all creative curator style. And it was really beautifully done and shared a ton because it was so truthful. By the end, you were like, oh my gosh, I did get tricked. Creative yeah. curators would be great at that kind of content. Absolutely. Because it's about, in the end, proving a point, right? You have your data and you're putting it together in a very beautiful way to prove a point. So what is the point you want to teach and prove? And then how do you put the data together? And then that's beautiful. A carousel slide, kind of similar to the convincing convincing educator, but not so yeah. how-to. It's a little bit different, you know, it's yeah. just the the way it's used, but but still beautiful. I remember seeing that and it was quite impressive. Really impressive. And the other uh, Gary Vaynerchuk is using this a lot lately. I've seen where it's like teach his is probably. He's not these two styles, but he has a huge organization to support, so you mm -hmm. learn how to be multiple styles. But they were teaching over the course of this, more like convincing educator, over the course of a carousel, each one was a mm -hmm. lesson. The other thing I think uh, creative curators can do really creatively right now is to do a blog or a podcast roll-up. If, if you're a podcaster mm -hmm. who is a creative curator, what would be really interesting is to reach out to people, or a blog, this can be done either way, reach out to people and ask a question. So reach out to 10 people. So for me, for example, the mic drop moment is all about uh, self-expression and having a, having your voice heard and having a message out there in the world, public speaking and that kind of thing. So maybe I would reach out to 10 public speakers and I would say, hey, what is the one thing you wish you knew when you started? Because I could think that, hey, you know what? 
when we roll out of the, the coronavirus quarantine time, people might want to start moving into becoming a public speaker. So that would be a really useful episode. What I do is I reach out to 10 people. I have them just voice record it somehow, get it to me. And then I make a podcast episode with the top 10 tips from these different speakers. And now I've leveraged their, uh, their authority and their message. It actually grows your audience too, because you've got these 10 people who are mm-hmm. likely to share it. You could do that if you're a podcaster. You could do the same on a blog. You could do uh, the top 10, the top 20, the top 51. Um, I recently saw someone do that with authors. What you wish you knew when you started writing your first book. And it was just a big roll-up blog. Creative curators love this kind of thing. And it would be a, mm-hmm. great, a great use of uh, content right now. Yes. And here's a pro tip. I don't know why, but there is research around if you're going to do a roll-up or anything, using an odd number does better than using an even number. <laughs> so. You know what's really funny? That was even true in retail. So back when I used to be mm. in retail and restaurant world, if you were making a display that you wanted people to grab something from, you always made it uh, even. Uh, you always made it uneven because people would take it and not feel bad about messing it up. But if it was even, they wouldn't want to mess it up. And so if you wanted there to be a display that nobody touched, you would put two things or four things or six things because it made people less likely to take it away. If you wanted them to grab it, you would make it five or seven or three, and you would constantly be monitoring that. So I sold a lot of cookies that way. (laughs) Well, same thing, kind of like different kind of cookie, a website cookie maybe, but keep it odd. (laughs) I see what you did there. And if you're curious about which one of these styles of content is going to work best for you, then head on over to the spotlightacademy.com slash quiz. There you'll be able to take the quiz and find out which one of the six speaking styles are you, and then you can come back and figure out your content plan. So go check out www.thespotlightacademy.com slash quiz. So let's talk about the motivating mavericks. So the motivating mavericks in our matrix and the speaking style quiz matrix they are really, really high on motivation. They're the highest on motivation. Yeah. These are the kind of, when you think of like classic public speakers, motivational speakers, this is one of the big groups you'll think of because these are the people that get on stage and they're like, you're going to change your life. I'm going to get you to change. What are you doing? We got to do it. Maybe I'll use a story. Maybe I'll use a fact. Maybe I'll use an image. I don't know, but I'm going to get you to take action. These are the coaches. Yeah. These are the, the, the reverends, the preachers, the evangelicals. Um, <laughs> they're really out there to get you to take action. They are the coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they leverage the other things as much as they can to get that action from you. One of their struggles is structure because they'll go all over the place. They'll go yeah. here and there and everywhere to try to get you to take action and sometimes can lose focus. So that's mm-hmm. one of the things we work on with Motivating Mavericks. So what do you think content-wise, what would be fun for a Motivating Maverick to try out? Their easiest win is something like this, a Facebook Live. Get on video, get talking, get, because it just comes, you know, they're that, they're that kind of type where it's like, oh, I want to say this thing and I want to drive action. And, and with that little goal in mind in front of them, they just talk and they talk to it and they keep you going and they don't really run out of things to say. So I think getting on, doing videos, whether it's on Instagram stories, Instagram live, Facebook live, really just getting on and connecting in a way where you're sharing in the moment and you're letting your thoughts drive you because that's really, you know, the stories and what you think of and just kind of having that, I want to get people to do something when you've got that kind of motivation in mind. It just, you keep talking. I love that. You know, what'd be really interesting too is to do because they also really respond uh, when when there's someone they're trying to drive towards something, when there's a real person, mm-hmm. in front of them, 
they struggle with rehearsing a mm -hmm. speech or a talk because they need that energy in front of them to be like, are you getting it? Do I have to shake mm -hmm. you to get it? They would do really well doing a, a conversation like this with someone in their community that they're coaching. Yeah, so live coaching. Session, recording a mm -hmm. podcast episode where they are doing more of a masterclass, coaching someone, guiding through someone through their framework or their process or what mm -hmm. they do. They would do really, really great with that. And also mm -hmm. doing a live challenge, I think, could be really fun where they say, hey, over the course of this week, every day we're gonna come on for 20 minutes at 9 a.m. You gotta make it mm -hmm. clear so people know when to show up. They show up and you issue them a challenge. They report back in the feed. Maybe you do a Facebook group mm -hmm. for that. Maybe you just do a hashtag on social, on Twitter or Instagram, and you do a challenge where every day you're pushing your audience to take a small little piece of action. And mm -hmm. that's a way that I think motivating Mavericks could really show up big right now. Yeah, absolutely. That And that would be an impactful way because they'd get all the things they need. They'd be working with somebody to drive them to action. They'd be showing the world what that would look like if they were to you know, take it on and inspire them to do something like that. So yeah, I think that would be a, a perfect solution for content for a motivating so maverick. They would, mm -hmm. they would really shine in that. And then it also allows you to become the person, you become a destination for people. Yeah. Right now where there's so many people at home or uh, it's, it's a little bit easier to fall into a routine right now in some ways. Uh, mm -hmm. And so if you say, hey, every 8 a.m. Pacific, we're going to pop in here for 15 minutes. I'm going to give you a lesson and challenge you for the day. Come back in here and let us know. I think that that's how you build a movement. That's how you build community. And motivating Mavericks love to build a movement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. So that's motivating Maverick, which leads us to the final one. Mr. Persuasive Entertainer, you know, being being of that style, which is very so driven by story. So, you know, they come easily to you. You're always out there and you're really looking for what is your audience feeling? Like what is the emotional ride you're taking them on? You want to make them laugh, you want to make them cry, you want to make them feel something. So what is your recommendation for others like you, Mr. Mike Camino? Well, I think one of the things about uh, persuasive entertainers is that mm -hmm. in general, they're going to be really charismatic and really magnetic. People are going to love the, the positivity and the energy that persuasive entertainers bring to the table. So mm -hmm. this is a great time to get live in front of them to to, you know, persuasive entertainers are going to probably struggle more with written content. So when mm -hmm. you're going to do written content, I would say approach it with the stage to page style that we teach which is that you you don't sit down and say, how do I write this? You record yourself and transcribe it and then clean it up a little bit. It's gonna sound more like you and your real live energy. You want, as a persuasive entertainer, your written content to sound like your real voice because your real voice is just so damn charismatic for people. So I, for me, I think it's opting for video. So doing live video with people, you could do the same thing as a motivating maverick where it's like, hey, every day at 8 a.m. I'm coming here with some inspiration, a quick little idea. People love persuasive entertainers because they're just so damn fun to be around. Yes. And they want to know, I think people, when it comes to persuasive entertainers, they always want to know, like, how did they get to be that way? And so I think there's an opportunity here for you to share some of your your history and your story of your life and and your work life, your personal life and everything that kind of helps people feel even more connected to you. Cause that's a, that's what they want. People want to feel connected to persuasive entertainers. It's one of the reasons that I believe um, a lot of people when they're trying to be something they're not are trying to be a persuasive entertainer type because they think that that's what connects. When really the reason 
you connect as a persuasive entertainer is because that is you, because that's where you play from. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to try to be you because that it just wouldn't it just wouldn't work. But I think it's such a good opportunity right now for you and for persuasive entertainers to really find those stories that connect and share and in essence, make your audience feel things because of what you're sharing about you and then more connected. Yeah, the, the persuasive entertainers aren't the ones who necessarily need to, and this is where we get bogged down because I get bogged down in this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I need to go teach something right now. Right. And we see people, we see the inspiring advisor being really thoughtful and listening to what's going on and responding. We see the innovative visionary setting a path for the future and leading us to it. We see the convincing educator teaching their lesson plans. We see the creative curator organizing it. And sometimes for a persuasive entertainer, you think, ah, I'm not going to show up today because I don't have mm -hmm. a lesson plan to teach. The right. reality sometimes is we lean towards entertainers, even in, in the world of, of entertainers. We go towards them because they allow us to be a little bit more of ourselves. We learn mm -hmm. from art. We learn about ourselves by watching art and by watching others. And sometimes as, create, as uh, persuasive entertainers, that's what we need to do is just show up and share our perspective, share what's going on for us. And that is actually the education for people. So if you're a persuasive entertainer, just pop that balloon of needing to have like so much to teach all the time because it's not natural and you're, <laughs> no. you're not moving towards what you should be, which is showing up, being honest with people. Think of your Instagram captions as little diaries, little mm -hmm. diary entries where you're highlighting what's going on for you, what you learned, how you look at things because Often a persuasive entertainer, we look at the world and we see, ah, that reminds me of this thing that happened and here's what I learned. Share that because yes. that's valuable. So persuasive entertainers should be doing videos, showing up live, uh, doing recording podcasts that don't have a lot of editing and telling their stories. That's going to be a big win for persuasive entertainers. Yep. Yep. And I think one of the takeaways from all this, we've gone over all the styles now and, and different um, types of content and ways to share it. and a big takeaway for everyone is not just because we said one thing for one and not for another doesn't mean you can't try all of the things these are all ideas it's just wanting to help people break out of i don't know what to do so where do you start based on your communication style and this is a way to know where to start so we hope that you took that from it and we'd love to learn that let us know what's your style what are you doing what what's is your working? style what's working what resonated with you so head on over to the spotlightacademy.com slash quiz to find out which one of the six styles you are. You'll also be invited to join us on our Facebook page at the Spotlight Academy. You can find us there at facebook.com slash the Spotlight Academy. We will be going live and chatting there often. So head on over there. Let us know which one of the six styles you are. One of the things we struggle with is even like what to talk about. And so we certainly talked about different ways to teach things. But even if you think of like props, you could look up writing props and each of the styles could respond to those props very differently. For example, um, if the question was, are there mundane things you do to escape? Each of the styles could approach that same piece of content very differently. Yes. The motivating maverick could have a specific thing and come on and coach someone through like, how do you figure it out? How do we get there? How do you wake up and get your routine going? The persuasive entertainer could tell a story about a time where they felt confused and then they figured it out and they had this fun time escaping. They're going to do that in a video. The inspiring advisor might ask that question and then mm -hmm. teach a little around like, oh, here's what people are sharing. What are you sharing? The innovative visionary might respond to, are there mundane things you do to escape by creating a world of, here's what I think we should be doing. Here's where I think we go next. This is what the world could look like. Mm -hmm. The 
convincing educator could teach a lesson on how to determine what kinds of things you should be doing to escape, uh, what kind of mundane things you could do. They would teach a curriculum to find your style. And the creative curator could put together a beautiful little display of the different things they've done. So one piece of, of content idea wrapped up in six different ways. That's what we're yep. talking about here is take the same thing that's out there, but apply your uniqueness to it based on your style. Yes. And I will say for those of you sort of itching to add to the current conversation, right? There's a lot of talk going on in different places. And if you just feel like you have something you have to say, instead of, uh, we've called it copycat content, right? Instead of trying to just replicate what everyone else is doing, take what somebody said and say to yourself, how do I feel about that and why? And then use that lens to add to what was said, to make it a different perspective, a different view, and take some of the tools and tips we just gave on how to share that instead of just recreating it over and over and over again. That's exactly it. That's how we stand out. That is how we create a brand that's not yep. just about your visuals, that's your style, but it's about mm -hmm. creating a brand, a unique, point of view and in a unique perspective. If you look at the world's great communicators from Oprah yeah. Winfrey to Brene Brown to Seth Godin, yeah. Simon Sinek to anyone who has an editorial, a, a repeating editorial in a newspaper, they have a mm -hmm. unique perspective and point of view and they can take yeah. anything that's going on, apply their unique perspective point of view, take into account their style and create original content. And that is what we think all of you should be doing now. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Mic Drop Moment with my guest and partner at the Spotlight Academy, Chloe DeVita. We broke down how the six different speaking styles that we've created, how those folks can be creating content in an original and unique way. If you haven't taken the quiz yet, then head on over to the spotlightacademy.com slash quiz to find out which one of the six styles you are. As always, I know you have a lot of choices about what you fill your ears with, and I I sure appreciate you hanging out here with us today on the Mic Drop Moment. This episode has ended, but your journey doesn't have to. Head on over to MikeGanino.com. Access all the resources and links that Mike and his guests shared today and keep on crafting your own story. That's MikeGanino.com. Your audience is waiting. Isn't it time to find your hashtag Mic Drop Moment? <laughs>